everyone take a deep breath. Inhale through your nose. Exhale through your mouth and prepare for episode 122 of Corporate Lunch, the sex and dating and relationships episode. This is, of course, GQ's podcast about clothes, but it's also just your source for how to live a more full, more productive, more passionate life. And who better to to guide you on your journey towards that with than, than me and Sam and Rachel. The customer is always right if they're your significant other. Mm-hmm. And that's really the takeaway here um, is that your being in a relationship is just is just a form of customer service, and your lover is your your number one customer, and it's just all about their satisfaction, and you are basically only there to serve. That explains why I'm single. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning a lot already. <laughs> Big reveal there on the pod this week, and um, Sam Hines' DMs are open, <laughs> as always. And uh, that'll do it for episode 122. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> if you swipe furiously enough, you may um, find him on Raya or something, um, but you can just hang around Chinatown, and um, you might look for the man well, in the don't tell people where I Don't tell people where I live. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll stop. We'll stop there. Someone's going to assassinate me. <laughs> We are, of course, leading up to Valentine's Day, which is a fake holiday invented by the Hallmark Company to sell more chocolates and greeting cards or something. But um, nevertheless, we celebrate it. We celebrate love. We buy jewelry and flowers and we dine expensively. It's also the launch week of the GQ Modern Lovers issue, which we've all had a hand in. Megan Rapino and Sue Bird on one cover. Corday and Naomi Osaka on another cover. Sierra and Russell Wilson. Wilson on another cover. Three covers. It's a lot of people to remember, all right? Yeah, it's six people. And then today on the pod, we're going to have um, one of the most glamorous and aspirational couples of all time on to, to share their stories of love and advice. Rachel, <laughs> and they are uh, Rachel Rabbit White and Nico Walker. Just the coolest, just the coolest couple, uh, I think maybe of all time up there for sure. Yeah. Sam insisted we let them come on the podcast. I was fine with it. Um, just kidding. I'm big fans of both of theirs. I've read Nico's book. Nico's a novelist. He wrote the book Cherry. Um, he's also a bank robber and um, Rachel Rabbit White is a poet and a, a great writer, once an essayist and a sex worker, ex-sex worker. Um and they're, I don't know, married, cohabitating somehow, some way in Mississippi. We're going to find out more. What are you guys doing for Valentine's Day? Any hot plans? Lloyd will probably cook a steak. For me? Yes. For Actually, he's going to cook steak for everyone who's uh, on the corporate lunch team. I've always, my Valentine's Day hack was always to like have a group dinner. So go, you know. How dump- is that a hack? because did you ever go on a valentine's day dinner date yeah it's awful yeah it's like it's pretty grim you're like in this restaurant it's only like it's just too it's just like all these boring couples sitting around eating the same food having the same conversation it just makes you want to live in isolation but wait no can we just back up for a second like when you're at this group dinner (laughs) <laughs> are you taking 
strawberries, dipping them in chocolate, and then you stick it in whose mouth? I go Your around the others, table. or is it is it you go around the table individually? Yeah, so everyone, each, per, each person gets from you because this is your idea. Yeah, everyone gets a nibble. It's kind of like the date is between me and everyone else. It's not like everyone else is dating everyone else. It's everyone else is dating me. And then do you get down on you get down on one knee and you <laughs> propose to everyone? Yeah, I mean, not every Valentine's Day dinner has to end in a proposal. It could, it should, it might as well, because marriage is fake and, you know. Yeah, and then at the end of the night, you all go home together and you have a big orgy. And it's basically, it's basically the ideal um, day. It doesn't really have anything to do with the, the fact that it's Valentine's Day, but. Sounds great. dressed up for you guys oh, yeah. <laughs> we love dressing up you know i'm into this headboard situation behind you uh, i mean there's real we're in mississippi and there's really good thrift stores here so it's just like become my hobby to just i mean you can find like i think they would charge me like 12 dollars for that you know yeah wow, wow. It's like the kind of thrift stores where like everything's a dollar or two dollars. Yeah. Like, it's better. It's almost better than if someone gave you something. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, you're like, if someone was like, do you want this? You might be like, I don't know. But if you see it for a dollar, you're like, wow, right. gotta have it. <laughs> it's you more, should, it's you, more like stealing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You should start a business bringing that shit back to New York. You could sell I that know. for like eight hundred dollars. I know. No, seriously. I, I think it all the time. But then the problem is everything I buy, I want to keep. So she has the Airbnb. Half the stuff is for the Airbnb. It's supposed to be. Yeah. I've got like another place here that like I don't use. Didn't I'm supposed it. to be writing at, yeah. but I never write at. So, well, welcome to Corporate Lunch. This is um, GQ's Weirdo Fashion Podcast. I'm Noah and that's Sam and Rachel. Do you guys... Who knows each other here? Anyone? I know Rachel? Rachel, but I've never met Nico. Hey, how do you do? Hi. Same, same here. Hey, so we got, uh, who's everybody here? Sam and uh, Sam and... Yeah, Sam, Rachel. Oh, Sam, Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Easy to remember. Two yeah. Rachels. Yeah. I got I got confused. I thought they were talking about this Rachel. I'm always a fan <laughs> of another Rachel. Like, I always yeah. feel like an immediate affinity. I feel like some people, maybe when they meet people with their same name, they're not into it, but I'm like, so, it's cool. Yeah. We've we've had the same lived experience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get. I feel stressed out if I meet someone else named Noah. It like I could just get spun out because there never were Noahs before. It's a popular name now, but I didn't even meet one until I was like an adult. And now all the kids are named Noah. So if I'm in a grocery store, there's all these moms like yelling at their little boys named Noah, and I get like my heart rate speeds up. Yes. Yeah. People love Bible names now. Yeah. Like Bible name. Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Samuel. That's where I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rachel's an Old Testament yeah. name. Oh, yeah. No, Rachel was like the bad bitch in the Bible. She was like <laughs> playing around, like making other people have her babies, lazing around in tents. Like she was very cool. Yeah. yeah. No, Yael, Yael was the one that drove the tent stake through the guy's head. And I, I knew a girl who's actually named after that. Cool. Yeah, I'm just not to bring. I mean, it's just a friend, you know, nothing serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue. I mean, this is uh, 
this is the sex and relationship and dating episode of Corporate Lunch. What do we, we don't have a name for it. It's we don't a have a Valentine's name. special. There, it's Valentine's a Valentine's Day special. special. And, and so who better to, to represent some of these ideas than like sort of one of the most glamorous couples um, we could think of. So what are you guys gonna do for Valentine's Day? Um, I mean, I think we were trying to sort of like play it down because we've both been really busy. Um, but like, cause like we weren't gonna give each other big gifts or anything, but then I kept seeing all the stuff I wanted to buy Nico, like the Gucci heart ring or like, um, you know, like the half friendship heart necklaces. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It would be really cute to get one like with your lover, like the BFF mm-hmm. necklaces. Um, we're probably gonna hang out, get drunk, eat some food. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we were supposed to be up in New York by then. But... Oh yeah, we were gonna be in New York, but we're here, so. Yeah. So we just sort of had to change things at the last minute, but you know, it's probably a a good time to just have a low key Valentine's Day, you know. Or we're... just like get really lit at home and like listen to bad music and like mm-hmm. you know have fun. I feel yeah. like that's the best the best thing to do. Always. That's when we have the best time. Yeah. Yeah. Is there stuff to do in Mississippi? Like, are restaurants open? Have you guys been going out? Or is it mostly like a takeout, chill, play some records, vibe at home? (laughs) Mississippi is wide open. Um, You have to wear a mask. And I mean, you have to social distance. I mean, it's like, it's like everywhere else, you know, the the ground will be marked, you know, with the spaces where you have to stand. I know I was at the DMV the other day and the whole place was empty. There was no chair in the DMV. For some reason, it was just really shocking. I think that was the first time like this whole thing really hit home was when I went to the DMV and there was yeah. no like really uncomfortable chair to kind of sit in for a really long time. It was it was completely empty. Uh, it was the first for me ever, ever experiencing something like that. But no, they, yeah, you can dine in here. Uh, the They limit the, the occupancy. Uh, I think it's 50%. The food is good here too. The food yeah. and the thrifting, that's what we got going on. Yeah, but um, yeah, everything closes down early. So, I mean, it is a bit, it, I mean, it, it's not like everything's like open till late. And yeah, you go going, to dinner and then you come home and then you get drunk and get lit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like you can go to like a bar or something, but like relative to other places, like say like California or something, it's uh, it's it's fairly opened up, I guess. So you guys are in- For like two weeks this summer, maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. So, yeah. A little different. So you guys are in Oxford, right? What's the, what's, I know Oxford as the home of Faulkner and um, Barry Hanna, another writer who I love is from Oxford and, and you guys are there now. What, what, how'd you guys end up there and what's the vibe like there? Okay. Well, I, uh, I ended up here because uh, my manager, agent, uh, Matthew Johnson, he lives down here. uh, And then he has a a company, a record label, Fat Possum, that he started here along, you know, in the mid '90s, and I was the I was gonna work uh, I was gonna work for Fat Possum, and I was going to uh, you know maybe go to school and uh, study literature at like the grad school, right? And then uh, of course the the pandemic kind of came around right as I was getting here. I guess. Yeah, I arrived on April 1st, which was the day the lockdown started. And so everything just kind of got, kind of got, I don't know, reset by that. And uh, so I've just kind of been sitting down here riding and, you know, hanging out with Rachel and. uh, The vibe is weird because of Ole Miss. 
Yeah. You know, like yeah. a very specific Southern bougie sort of vibe. Like it's like, you know, it's got a cute little square of the town, but it's like very clean and like Disneyfied sort of. Yeah. yeah. The style is very strange too. It's a lot, a of, lot uh, of pastel colored polo shirts. A lot of polo mm-hmm. shirts. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. The, wow. All the girls at the college look, look like Fox News presenters. You know, it's very- <laughs> <laughs> Exactly they really they do. Like. Uh, yeah, that's man. That's totally well, those are probably those are like their real style icons, probably for a lot of those guys. Probably, yeah. Yeah, no, certainly. I know. I'm like, I, I'm like always thinking about like, has it changed my style? Like being in such a strange place in the south, um, and. I don't know. You know, I feel like sometimes like you can't help but to sort of like somewhat dress for your surroundings. And like, I might think yeah. I'm not seen as like looking like a nice Southern girl, but then I know when I go out that the looks I get, I'm still. Give it a semester or two and they'll all start dressing right. like you, Rachel. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was gonna say, it's kind of a, you've got like Elizabeth Taylor and Cat in a Hot Tin Roof, which is a significant piece of southern literature yeah so you're ahead of them i mean fox news wasn't even around when tennessee williams was here so yeah yeah um yeah she's i tell you she people come up they talk to her you know they recognize her i mean she stands out Uh, like people literally come up to her on the street uh i mean more or less every time we go out. So I don't know, it might catch on. I mean, the thing in the South also is too, they, this is the culture of like complimenting someone's outfit. Like it yeah. seems like like you have to, like. Yeah. She got us 10% off at the bookstore for being so well dressed <laughs> one time. <laughs> so great, that yeah. rules. That's a good bookstore too, isn't it? Isn't that kind yeah. of a famous bookstore there? Yeah, yeah. Books. yeah. So it's it's amazing. It's great. It's really like the like our idea of going out is like going to the bookstore. Yeah, right. getting really dressed up, going to the bookstore. <laughs> getting yeah. that ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> getting the ten percent for being well dressed. Yeah. Did they have your book? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually signed a bunch of copies for them, kind of like when I got here. It was funny actually because like I. I just kind of got into Oxford, you know, and I'd been away for a long time and I hadn't ever seen my book in a bookstore. And then like my manager just kind of like on a whim on my last day of work, like drove me by the bookstore and was like, gonna like, I don't know, uh, kind of like wow me with the sight of like my book in a bookstore, (laughs) right? And uh, of course, like it wasn't there. I guess he was like, well, they sold out of it. I was like, okay. (laughs) That's a good, that's good. Yeah, so I, you know, I was just kind of, I, whatever. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a trip though. Yeah, it is. And um, I don't know, there are a lot of writers down here. A lot of people, a lot of published authors live in Oxford. It's, uh, I had never known about it until I was here, but it's, I mean. I mean, we're kind of stranded here because Nico's on parole. Um, Supervised release. Supervised release, whatever. I mean, I can get out of here, but I got to get, I got to get kind of permission. I have to leave for work and things like that. So, you know, it's... But in the meantime, the thrifting's great. Yeah. So, yeah. so you guys, what about the the sort of literary, rich literary tradition there? Is that like compelling and interesting to you guys? Does it feel like suffocating? Because as a poet and a novelist, it seems like you'd fit right in, but maybe it's not quite, uh, I don't know, maybe the pandemic makes that too weird or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's like a vibrant music scene, like we said, Fat Possum is here, and like I know there's writers here, but like 
within the pandemic, which I can't help but to call the panty D within the, mm-hmm. yeah. like, uh, there's just not readings and there's not shows. Yeah. So like you see like the college kids party and it's like, that's all you see, you yeah. know? Yeah. It feels a little bit disconnected right now, but it's good to know that like that is there, Yeah. you know? No, yeah. I mean, it's just really, there's, I mean, yeah. When we said it was opened up, I mean, it's opened up kind of relative to other things there's not much that's going on like like yeah. there are no readings uh there are no shows or anything like that no live performances are allowed it's basically i don't know i guess the college kids are kind of like at the spearhead or the whatever the vanguard of like, like our drive towards herd immunity down here and then <laughs> everybody else just kind of like stay you know stays out of the way yeah, yeah. when when the movie comes out you can go to the college party and be like, a Tom Holland movie? That's me. That might really resonate for them. Maybe. I do kind of <laughs> he's going to have more, uh, the, the college kids might be fans. They might be into it. I don't know. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. I think people really more into the idea of like Tom Holland as me than like Tom Holland. It's like, so is weird. Me, like, you know? if you look at like the nico walker hashtag on instagram which like i don't know i thought to do like only a few months ago and i was shocked to see that it's just like thousands of posts of tom holland to the point where they <laughs> pasted tom holland's face over nico's face on photos of nico <laughs> it's just bizarre like it's really so weird to like yeah, have a celebrity playing like the person you're closest to. And the celebrity is fucking Spider-Man. I mean, he's no, I mean, Tom Holland isn't Tom Cruise, but he's Spider-Man is no joke. That's like mega global superstar shit. It's not like. Well, if it were Tom Cruise though. Like, well, that would... <laughs> yeah. I'm very into that. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, it's the Avengers guys, you know, the Russo brothers who were making the film. And I mean, that's like, you know, whatever they made whatever billion dollars off of that thing like literally like with a b i mean you know it's it's sort of surreal uh of course it's it's pretty easy for me to stay humble though you know it's it's like when they're actually gluing or whatever i don't know what the tech word for it is i'm sort of like you know not really into the computer thing i don't know but like when they're superimposing someone else's face onto your body it really helps kind of keep you humble you know i mean (laughs) it's just kind of like well you know you've been replaced by like a more likable version of yourself so it's like well you better write the next book because this doesn't seem like long term it's going to be very very profitable for you you know did you have but uh, it also it means you have this superior body yeah (laughs) better style cooler hair maybe yeah yeah or yeah just maybe kind of like the more interesting clothes you know if you want tom holland in prison here you go if you or the background (laughs) probably you know (laughs) did you have conversations with tom holland or the filmmakers I, i i never know how the adaptation of a novel works like in the you know on the back end i'll tell you it's uh you know, I spoke to him. I, I spoke to Joe Russo for about three minutes because I was in prison at the time. And then three minutes was kind of like all I had on the phone, right? That month, you only get so many minutes a month. And, yeah. um, you know, we had a good three minute conversation. You know, we we know a lot of the same people. We used to work at the same restaurant. I mean, you know, we know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the you know, the Cleveland thing was good. Um, I don't know. Other than that, I haven't. I haven't had much in the way of uh, conversation with them. When the film was in pre-production, I was in prison. Um, 
when uh, I was I was actually released from prison in what, October of 2019. But, you know, I was still in a halfway house and, and things like that. So, you know, I didn't really have like liberty to move around. And, uh, you know, for one reason or another, you, you know, they, they were able to uh, hold it down without me, I guess, which is just mm -hmm. as well, you know, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, they have a vision for what they want to do and uh, yeah. they, they are more entitled to do, uh, do what they would with it. You know, it's not like you own a story. So, you know, it's everyone's story. They can tell it their own way, you know. Have you, have you seen it or are you planning to see it um, at the end of Fab when it comes out? Um, I, I guess I had an opportunity to see it, um, and I kind of passed on it. I don't know. It's just, um, one of those things when it's kind of, it, when it's, when it's something so personal to you, it's just best kind of just to, uh, leave that sort of thing alone, you know, cause you can save yourself a lot of heartache, just kind of you know, moving on past something else and keep your eyes, you know, focused on the next goal, what you're trying to do, your project that you're working on, then like get mixed up into something that you don't have any control over. And uh, I think a lot of people do that. I mean, I think there are a lot of actors even who don't even watch their own films, you know, you know, they know their performance, they know what they did. And then however it was edited or whatever changes were made, it, it you know, they, they, they don't really have an interest in that. And I think it's just kind of a distraction really that can really mm. throw you off your game. So I, uh, I, yeah, I kind of took a, you know, I just passed. It would it. even be too weird for me to watch. Yeah. Like, no, I was just yeah. gonna ask, yeah. Like even when like Devil All the Time came out that Tom Holland's in, like it came up on like my Netflix and I have never seen Tom Holland in something cause I'm not a, I don't watch many superhero movies. And even that having seen his face, like, pasted over Nico's face and just like under his actual name so many times I just felt like even that was too weird you know yeah so it's just too bizarre Rachel would you ever adapt one of your books of poetry into a movie um I had an offer to the I mean it's, it's, it was Sony Sony kept emailing me like when it came out asking like they wanted the rights to adapt it and I was like I don't want to know the number I don't want to know anything it's not for sale at the time um <laughs> and like now I'm a little bit more strapped for cash and I'm like yeah I wonder what they would have offered <laughs> <laughs> call back yeah, yeah call still back. interested yeah. Um, I'm kind of like, damn, but I just like adapting a book of poetry that's already so vague and like where the characters are more shadowy and like it just seemed like they could really do whatever they wanted with it in a way that made me feel really nervous. Mm -hmm. And also I've been working on um, a script for um, a television show sort of about the themes in the book anyway. So I would rather have control as a writer, yeah. you know, and just not even sort of be tempted by that. Yeah. Um, that's good. You have integrity. I'll try <laughs> to. <laughs> to get into the Valentine's Day spirit, I'm I'm curious about how you guys met. I know that there's a good story behind it that I think Rachel, you told me once, sort of a long time ago, at Clandestino or something when we yeah. first met. And uh, it was Audrey's birthday, everyone's birthday. We were like there. I was just telling Nico this because it was like at that time Nico was still in the halfway house, and you know, so we were like. I was like going insane during that time because we were like, I was like, you know, putting on full outfits and lingerie just to FaceTime, you know, I was like watching Romeo and like every adaptation of Romeo and Juliet, like, well, I guess <laughs> I'm that though. So yeah, <laughs> just to say like at that point, like, yeah, we were over the phone and 
we were going crazy and we hadn't met in real life yet um but you didn't always dress like that at home <laughs> <laughs> this is news to me i don't know yeah i thought that's, that's nice of you to do that anyway sorry I and it's a good opportunity to like yeah. you know make yourself look cute every day but no typically just when i go out is when i try to look cute um yeah no uh when my book came out when porn carnival came out my collection of poetry uh it was i had a launch in in new york uh in november the book came out december 1st and uh i was in my i was on my la tour for the book and i was on my way back i like hadn't slept at all like i'd done like photo shoot photo shoot party like i way overbooked myself I was on the plane and I got this email from someone called Pete Strohs and the subject line was like, I want to buy your poems or something. I want to buy some poems. I want to buy some, I I want to buy buy some some poems. poems. (laughs) He was trying to buy some poems, (laughs) (laughs) fake name. But then I said like, the email was like very bizarre. So like, I just like screenshotted it and sent it to my publisher, Ben Fama, like, what the fuck is this? You know, like sort of (laughs) look at this person. And he was like, "Uh, did you see who signed it? I like didn't, and it was signed Nico Walker. And so I was like, he's like, you should definitely do that. And I'd read Cherry when it came out. I loved the book. And I don't typically read a lot of contemporary fiction, but I'd heard such good things about it. And um, Ben Fama had actually recommended it to her under the impression that I was a female author. Yeah, because I don't typically read male (laughs) writers either. Um, So yeah, and he was, I love the book. So uh, I asked Gian, who runs a New York tyrant, like, is this really Nico? And Gian was like, let me look into it. And like, came back like, yes, it is him. And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. And he was like, you guys have to date. Oh my God, this is so hot. Nico's so hot. You're so hot. You guys should rob banks together. And I was like, <laughs> he's like, started to plant the seed. And then, but Nico and I were just like, you know, he was, you know, wanted to buy my poems. It was professional, but I think you dropped your phone number in the email and so I started texting you and so we started texting and then we talked on the phone and then we started FaceTiming and yeah it was just like one of those things where it was long distance plus it was in a halfway house yeah. and um just she, yeah. sort of being bonded over like the love of each other's work you know too I think was really romantic I guess I like read everything that was extant on the internet of everything like she had ever written before I emailed her because I was I was doing this this project for this magazine that kind of got canceled because of the pandemic of course but um yeah I just like I'd been away for a while of course I wasn't like I really didn't have my finger on the pulse of things so I was doing some research into into young writers you know kind of like a diverse collection of writers different voices different perspectives to put into this thing and uh you know somebody had uh put me on the Rachel and I, I read I read everything that was available online because I just wanted to be very thorough and you know know what I was talking about before I contacted this this uh, this person, and uh, I was just so blown away by her her essays on uh, film in particular. You know, it's just like the the film essays that she did. Uh, they were very they were very insightful. I mean, they were very intelligent. They were very interesting, and just kind of like even stuff as far as you know just technique i mean just the way they were organized i mean they were just kind of like perfectly organized essays and it, it, i was just completely blown away by her talent i was like oh my god you know this is like and that was before i'd even read her poetry i was just thinking this is like you know this is probably like the best writer you know there is period is what i you know was sincerely what i thought you know and i 
you know, I got in touch with her. And of course, you know, I kind of had an understanding of who she was. And uh, I guess probably, you know, with that understanding being what it was, I, you know, it just was kind of like <laughs> not something that was even in the realm of possibility that we would ever be in a relationship one day. Um, and then yeah, Nico is very professional with me. I think I had to sort of make it clear, like I kind of have a crush on you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was just, it's just kind of like hard to imagine. It's like because you know, like she said, I mean, she's like you know, she's got like the ring light set up, and like she's you know in this like four post bed, right, <laughs> with like uh, with like you know like rose gold like you know plating in the back. I don't know, you know, and all. it's just like she looks perfect, right? And I'm like. And I'm like, I was on the top bunk in a room with 32 people in it, right? And there, about 18 inches above my bed was like an old school sort of fluorescent light fixture, you know, like a big plastic rectangle, you know? So it's like, you know, I'm like completely bleached by fluorescent light in a bunk bed. And like, I'm trying to talk to this lady and like the dice game in the bathroom, like <laughs> out through the door and there's like a fight and people screaming at each other. and. Like, like literally, they like you know, like the so I'm like you know trying to be all cool, you know. The dice game riot kicks off over here, you know. And I'm like I just couldn't look worse, you know. And uh, uh yeah, I, but anyway, I guess it, it worked somehow. Uh, it, you know, it it was interesting to her, I suppose. Rachel, did that? Did that? Did you pick up on that chaos? Like, was there a moment where you were like, "This is too crazy for me"? Like, this guy's cool, but. Uh, she was definitely trying to downplay anything that was always happening at the halfway house around him. And I think I was more interested. The yeah. one thing I remember is that like we'd FaceTime like late at night that, uh, you know, he'd be sleeping in a room of 32 other people and that there was, it was never dark. Like the giant like neon red exit sign was just like always on and just like bright red. So yeah, it was sort of eerie. Yeah, an amazing amount of snoring too. <laughs> yeah, like, <Not> sure. <laughs> but yeah, and so obviously we started like um, a romantic relationship, long distance, and I started like, you know, in order to keep myself sane because long distance makes you crazy, especially when you really are into someone and you haven't met yet, and there's all this build up, you know, and you don't know how it's going to be or where it's going to go. Um, and you already like have so much respect for each other's work. And it's just, we were immediately very close and it felt very romantic. Um, and so I just started writing all these poems to sort of like make myself feel like less obsessed and insane, but the muscle feeds your obsession, so. Yeah, we saw each other the first time. And I guess, you know, it, the, the real turning point, I guess, was after you you would come down here once and, and then, you know, it was, you wanted to play truth or dare or whatever. And yeah, I, we were in FaceTime. And I was, and like, was like, let's three, play truth or dare. It was like three days after you had left. He's like at a halfway house playing truth or dare with me on FaceTime. And, I, you know, I was like, I dare you to come back, you know, tonight. And she did. Yeah. No, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you like, get a plane ticket for the next plane. Yeah. And I was like, this is insane. But anyway, you don't play truth or dare with a bank robber. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> And then at what point did you guys get engaged? Well, officially, I guess, was you're not really officially engaged till you get the ring. So, oh yeah. So that was uh, that was November first, and um, yeah, and it's been kind of crazy since then because 
you know, we I guess we would like to have a, a wedding or, you know. Yeah, I, you I would have like a big party, and you know? Yeah. You just don't know when. The world it, needs your wedding. I know, right? Yeah, and it's just, there's so much uncertainty right now. You know, is this going to be over in spring? You know, are people going to be able to travel? Is it going to get worse? We don't know. So yeah, we're just kind of like way. frozen up right now, like thinking, you know, should we, should we just, should we like count on it on having, you know, a, a big wedding or should we just go, you know, just take care of it right now? And I don't know. I guess it's kind of weird to have a wedding after you're already married. So it's interesting. I mean, I'm just a romantic. I would like to do it in front of people rather than have the party later. So yeah, I mean, it's just this, it's just a crazy time, right? And I mean, everything's everything's so crazy right now. And this is one of them is is kind of real hard to because uh, I think we're both impulsive enough that under <laughs> under any <laughs> circumstances, yeah. the global pandemic, we probably already we would have already done married, it. Yeah. But yeah. We got engaged in New York, though, which was sweet because Nico rarely gets to come to New York, um, obviously, like we said, with the supervision. So but he was there. And uh, yeah, it was just also like it's New York fall, you know, like the most romantic season. And like, yeah. you know, we went to Catbird together because yeah. um, I didn't trust myself to pick up, you know, pick out something like that. I didn't want to, you know, give her an engagement ring that she like wore because, you know, she thought it was cute that I got her an ugly ring that she didn't like. <laughs> so we went together to pick the ring out and- uh, It was very sweet. Yeah, it was kind of that period where New York was, you know, I don't know, it was almost like the fake out, like you thought it was gonna, about to be going back to normal before the oh, yeah. Dave thing. And, yeah. and it was it was a very good day. It was a, it was a beautiful day. I think there's something to be said for the prolonged engagement. I mean, you get, you know, that's marriage. You got your life to spend together. You can kind of enjoy this like in between time, like waiting for the next thing to happen. Plus it seems like you guys have been like the photo shoots that we've seen and the, like the style, just like the romance of it. I don't know. It feels like a, I'm very pro be engaged until the, until, you know, the time comes to not be engaged anymore and get married. But in the meantime, Nico in the suits, Rachel and the glam like it's been you know now's the time for all that no I mean we do yeah we feel really invested in your relationship yes, that's what I'm saying <laughs> exactly yeah we're all in this with you I think <laughs> too is that like you know like like I said the best thing to do like Valentine's Day yeah get drunk together stay up all night that's like all I ever want to do like you know have real quality time with the person you love but like what we're missing now and that I realize I always did like is you know, going out together and sort of like showing off like your love at parties, you know, like when you're really yeah. with someone and you go to a party, maybe the party sucks, but like you both look really good and you're in public together and you get to feel that like, just like the the thing of being a public couple and how like people react to you and how people love love, you know, they do. And so I think that's sort of like what we've been missing during the pandemic. And I think that's sort of why too, like, you know, people are like, uh, you see headlines like who Rihanna's dating now and like, you know, cause like, otherwise you don't know, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It's been really fun yeah. to sort of like do this old school, like engagement mm -hmm. announcement stuff. And obviously mm -hmm. like, yeah, the style, like I love being able to have an excuse to wear like the Tueta Matoshi gowns and just go all out. That's true. I guess the only kind of normalcy like we have right now are just kind of those, those, interpersonal things that 
you know, will never go away regardless of what is happening, you know? So it's, you know, it's good that people can still fall in love and people can still, you know, sort of keep the whole process going for, for the human race while everything else is kind of messed up, you know? Anyway. Are you guys gonna register for gifts? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Excellent. Yeah. And what are you guys gonna, I mean, how far have you gone down the like, what are you gonna wear? Like Nico, do you have a suit picked out? Rachel, do you have a gown? You do. Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah, we don't even know where we're gonna do it, but we know what we're gonna wear. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, obviously Nico hasn't seen my dress, even though he we did the engagement ring together, very traditional. So I can't give away too much about it, but I love my dress. And I, I did go with Nico to pick out his suit. So he's gonna wear, we picked like a really like bright navy blue, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. We just kind of picked the fabric for it, and uh, and you know it's, it should be done in whatever a couple of weeks. So hopefully, I, I don't know. Is, well, it, is it bad luck out. to see it before the wedding? I don't think anybody cares. The you suit, see the groom. You, you can see the suit. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah. think like once we have the outfits, it's going to be hard not to be like, okay, well, let's just do it. You know, yeah. it's sort of like we're waiting on the outfits to come. Mm. If you guys had the outfits, yeah. I was going to say we could just do it right now. You could be the, right. the first couple yeah. to get married on a podcast. Yeah. Does somebody, does somebody have the power invested in them to do right. this? I could, we probably, could probably, I could probably get... get become a Unitarian minister in like 15 minutes online. Yeah, that's you know? good. I'm sure yeah. there's, like, if you just open another window, you could do yeah. it. <laughs> that's what I've been doing this whole time, actually, is just answering the questions. And... <laughs> We've got some. That would be such a good surprise ending. I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. We should have prepared. All right, call us back in a half hour. Give us 15 minutes. <laughs> get the dress. Get the dress out of the closet, and well, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. How have you guys influenced each other's style, if at all? I think about that all the time, actually, because I feel like you know that's the sort of thing where, like, obviously, like for me, like. I love fashion and like, it's a place to just like have fun and I'm a bit costumey and I feel like Nico is too. Like, I don't know if you'll like this anecdote, but my favorite anecdote is that when Nico was a little kid, he loved costumes. Yeah, <laughs> like he loved to like, you know, dress up in different costumes. And I feel like you still see that now. Like we both love to get really dressed up. Yeah. And so like- I would make my own costumes too, you know? It's... Yeah, I mean, I love Nico's love of suits. Um, and I feel like, you know, I feel like, but Nico will like wear a suit and I'm like wearing like, you know, like kind of 60s, 70s inspired more like mini skirts with like little sweaters and stuff. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, well, that's a bit Bonnie and Clyde though, you know, like to have like the, the sort of the criminal guy in the suit. And then like, you know, she's wearing like, I guess it's a bit mod too, to wear like the mini dresses mm -hmm. while the guy's in the suit. Um, I definitely like think like how we complement each other, you know, like yeah. everything we go out. I'm like trying to never clash. Yeah, well, Rachel, uh, I mean, she's she definitely sort of I don't know helps you have the the the, the brazenness to wear things maybe that like you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't normally wear if if you didn't have somebody kind of backing you up. I mean, like the place we live is kind of it's a bit conservative in certain respects, you know? So it's like, you know, I mean, you know, have I done, you know, like stuff like, you know, wearing, wearing makeup, like doing your eyes, things like that. You know, it's like I'm walking around in a small town in Mississippi with, you know, uh, mascara on and I don't know, like all this, like, you know what I mean? Rings, and like, splashing rings and bracelets you, over here. Yeah, I mean, it's like usually, uh, 
usually, you know, if you were by yourself, maybe you'd kind of be like worried about, you know, maybe getting beat up or something going around like that. She's also going to sparkly beret in while wearing a suit. You know, yeah. she, you know, she gives, uh, she gives me kind of like the confidence to be myself here, you know, because uh, we're very much alike. So, you know, we sort of recognize ourselves and one another and can and can support one another and in our and our desire to just kind of be who we are to the fullest extent that we can be. Nico, were you Beautiful. were you into suits prior to going to prison or did you I mean that's I something you thought I didn't have, I'm sorry man. Sorry to interrupt. I, no, I no, no. the the answer jumped out to me. I didn't really have uh, money to buy them before I went prison you know but yeah i liked them i mean i i had some things from uh you know uh you know a couple you know how you i don't know how people do when they're kids you know they go to the thrift store things like that but i think when i was in prison um you know just kind of being like so you know so degraded you know uh by the whole thing you know being locked up you know incarcerated nine years you know uh you just kind of uh you know, you get these ideas in your head about, you know, what it is that you would like and what it is that you, you know, you would miss uh, or you missed from from the world. And something just as simple as, you know, being able to, you know, pick your own clothing, right? I mean, it just, it becomes very important to you. You, you appreciate it in a way that you that you couldn't before. And, and your time is real important to you as well, you know, so... I mean, did I do it before? No, I mean, I just was uh, most of the time just kind of stayed in like the middle of the road, you know, as far as fashion went. And like, but now, I mean, why not? You know, if people think, you know, it's, I don't know what the word would be like, you know, overly formal or outdated or nerdy or whatever to, you know, to wear a suit and tie, every day. you know, every day. I don't really care. You know, that's, that's for them to worry about, you know, it's just what I want to do. And um, I think that in like our society too, I mean, there's this kind of thing is, you know, we have, you know, okay, just kind of like in the whole traditional sense, you know, you have, you know, the tradition, you have women over here, you know, and this, it's just like you know, they, they, there's this expectation of them in society generally just to like you know put so much effort into appearance and like looking you know looking good and maintaining themselves and who are they doing it for you know sometimes they're doing it for these guys you know their idea of like I don't know their idea of chivalry is like uh, you know like putting on the clean t-shirt you know what I mean like, <laughs> I think that especially you know being being with Rachel who just she always puts so much effort into trying to make things nice and trying to make things good you know it's on it's on me as well to just you know to make sure that like I'm making and making the same effort you know that she's making you know even if maybe not to you know if I'm not as successful or whatever it don't matter but like at least try you know don't just kind of have this entitled attitude where you, you know you just like roll out of bed and expect people to fall in love with you you know (laughs) yeah that's well said and also kind of it kind of makes a lot of sense like how perfectly you guys are a match for one another because nico coming out of prison with this very personal experience and wanting to reclaim like this identity for yourself and then being matched with rachel who has this very like advanced sense of like self 
presentation and all this, like it just seems like a a good fit, I guess. It's a real blessing, yeah. My yeah, favorite no. um, also anecdote about Nico's style is like when we first met and um, you know, he was like buying clothes and stuff. He was like, I don't know, I'm from the 2000s. I've been in prison for 10 years. I, I wear cardigans <laughs> and skinny jeans, which like, you know, is another look in addition to the suits. And I'm like, no, this is right on. This is coming back, babe. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, was a, I was a time traveler. Like, yeah, I was like, you're time tra that's I, was, I was like wearing a North Face jacket, you know, and stuff. And, and I'm like, like that's back. <laughs> yeah. no, Wait, so where did you go shop? Like, where did you find suits and stuff? Or where have you uh, in the last year? Well, uh, when I would go to work, I would just order them from, you know, the internet, I guess, you know, uh, and. Uh, is this the favorite suit? Uh, yeah, this is, yeah, this is, uh, this is the Paul, Paul Smith suit that I ordered. Yeah, I got this. This was, uh, this was actually the first suit I bought. Actually, I guess there's sort of a sad story too, as well to it. I mean, you know, I'd always kind of dressed and it's like, you know, my mom passed away and well, we haven't had the funeral yet because uh, the pandemic kind of she actually passed away a year from uh, a year from tomorrow and uh you know i had to buy the thing was is my mom you know she was my mom loved me very she influenced much your style a well, lot actually well, well yeah my mom she loved me very much you know and but the one thing that she used to like criticize me for sometimes was just that i was a bit of a ragamuffin you know when i was little <laughs> and um so you know the idea was to pay you know to pay my respects to to my mother i was gonna you know, really kind of go all out. And, um, you know, my, I, you know, I had, of course been away for a while. So my manager, he sort of helped me to uh, kind of, you know, put this together. So, you know, got the, the Paul Smith suit. I ended up buying like these Dunhill boots, you know, that like, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, I just wanted to go kind of just all out and pay my respects to her, you know, and, uh, and you know the the thing got canceled, and you know I never really uh, I never really wore it at first, and then I sort of just got into this you know this sort of mindset where again I was thinking to myself you know it's time it's time to kind of because uh, I was young when I went to prison you know so it's like it's time to kind of grow up it's time to move on it's time to mature it's time to take yourself seriously you know so that was then like after I'd done that I just kind of had my toe in it, I guess. And I just, I, I started just kind of trying to, you know, present myself more respect, more respectably, um, you know, kind of uh, to that end as well, you know, just kind of having self-respect and kind of like honoring where you come from and honoring, you know, who your people are, you know, and, and not, you know, not making your mom look bad, you know? Didn't you get best dressed in high school? Uh, I got second best dressed. David Hardy <laughs> got best dressed. Oh, damn, they ranked it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was cool because, you know, um, yeah. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I would get my clothes, you know. Um, yeah, I was independent style? like that, but, yeah, my, my mom, uh, my mom, uh, and I, you know, when I was young, you know, we'd go to like TJ Maxx and Marshalls and stuff, you know, and it's like, so I think at the time it was like Abercrombie and Fish was big and all the cargo shorts and all that stuff. And that was like the cool thing. Right. And then like, I don't know, uh, you know, that wasn't really what we did. So, but we were, at, you know, we'd go to like TJ Maxx and stuff, you know, and it's like, well, what do you get there? So I ended up with like, like, you know, like 
chinos and stuff and like so you know slacks and like button down shirts and things like that you know because that's that's what you get there and, and yeah and i and i wore it and i made it work you know a little bit you had the cardigans so, back then uh yeah yeah that was kind of the origin of the cardigan i guess it was the marshall's tj max scene you know you get a little <laughs> in there you know well i just want to say fuck david hardy or whatever his name <laughs> yeah. was yeah. yeah dave hardy yeah I wonder what he's doing now. Anyway. Yeah, he actually works at GQ with us. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Rachel, do you and Nico wear the same brand of mascara or did you recommend something different to him? Yeah, I mean, so he's borrowed my mascara a lot. And uh, I like... I just got to cover girl when I bought my own. Yeah, he bought his own. Um, but yeah, I was recommending him the better than sex mascara because it's my favorite mascara. That stuff is great. Yeah, yeah. it's what I'm going right now. Yeah, it's what he's yeah. right now. Yeah. And then I well, I ended up uh I guess she needed some eye makeup and then like um yeah, yeah he started wearing the it, Yeah, well we got the it, 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 great eyeshadow now too. And then I turned yeah. him on to like the Anastasia like brow uh but powder by, and brow dip so by mistake we had ended up with i guess some what was it called wet and wild yes yeah, the thing that, yeah <laughs> we did yeah. have some wet and wild blue eyeshadow so, and no, silver I'm, eyeshadow. I'm rocking the wet and wild right yeah, now. he's rocking the silver so, wet and wild eyeshadow it's a classic <laughs> it is yeah we need more we need more of good valentine's day content in here what are some what are some um <laughs> uh like gift gift ideas well, I really like, I mean, but I want to get it for me and you go, but people can copy it. I saw these really beautiful on Etsy, the, like I was saying, the half friendship heart. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, right, right. Real gold. Yeah. They would say like Te Amo on them, you know, like, so they're yeah. a bit more like for your lover. I think that's really cute. Um, I mean, I think like anything like classic, like heart shaped is good. Like mm. I was saying, the Gucci heart ring, I think is really good. Yeah. Um, I was just saying I need a locket, like the little, like the classic gold locket heart shaped, I think is good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm really, I mean, like flowers are classic, you know, I got really into um, this girl on Etsy who does like dried flowers and preserved roses. So like they stay like a whole year. And I feel like that's, that's really cool. good, especially during the pandemic when maybe you're not going out as much to buy fresh flowers to still have like flowers in your house yeah those bouquets are really yeah. beautiful yeah. what other um, gift ideas are good uh well you know i don't usually do i mean i usually try to do something more pers personal personalized but the thing that i was that i was going to do and i know it's kind of like a cop out but i mean just sort of i suppose because right now by this time you know a lot of a lot of people they're, they're running out of clothes you know like she's kind of it's been a while since she's been really able to do any, you know, shopping, you know, like she aside from the thrifting. Yeah. Aside mm -hmm. from the thrifting, but like, you know, clothes shopping and stuff like that. So, you know, for other things, I guess, yeah. I mean, I got, I got you the, uh, I don't know, the indestructible roses over there recently or yeah. whatever the, you know, I've, obviously, obviously jewelry's, you know, always good. I got, you know, the cameo, 
I think love letters the, are good. Yeah. You know, I you can get like antique jewelry, like cameos and stuff. A cameo is cool. You know, if you want to impress a, a lady, give her a cameo. It's kind of true. I mean, you know, and then, uh, but uh, but the thing I was going to do for Rachel is just kind of like, I, I know it sounds kind of corny, but like the intent behind it is more than just like, here here you go, here's some money, knock yourself out. I mean, it's just kind of like at this point. Who doesn't point, like being sold? And, here's a bunch of money to buy and, But Yeah, <laughs> well, anyway, I mean, yeah, I was just going to like, yeah, just kind of like, you know, go shopping. I mean, go digital shopping, I guess, for clothes or something. But at this point, I think that there are a lot of people that they, they just, I mean, if, if they can, if they can do it, you know, they they should just kind of be able to, to like buy something new, you know, buy, you know, pick something out that's clothing, you know, because, you know, they haven't been able to shop for how long, you know, go to the mall for how long. So to be able to just kind of go out and pick out an item or something and just kind of have that thing like, yeah, that's my, you know, that's my new thing. I'm looking forward to wearing this and sort of the optimism that comes from like buying a new outfit or something. I think just that's kind of like uh, yeah, my really, idea for my Valentine's really gift cute. this year is just kind of, you know, Okay, but a Valentine's gift that costs nothing that I always think is good is like to write, and I think people don't do it enough, is like to write a love letter to, you know, your beloved. I mean, I've written Nico a lot of letters. We've both written each other letters because we've had separations and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I mean, who doesn't, you know, that's that's a great gift, a love letter. Yeah. And just tell the person, I say like, you know, I think for me, when I write a love letter, I always start at like, what do I like, what do I love about this person? And just like, tell them everything you love about them. And like, that's all you need in it. What about if somebody maybe who's never written a poem wants to try their hand at writing a, a love poem for the first time? Oh, yeah. This, yeah. I mean, I, the, would you say the same, does the same thing apply? Just start writing what you love about the person? How would you approach a first time poet's first attempt at a love poem? Um, well, I, I I think the first poem I wrote for Nico was actually around Valentine's Day last year. Um, and uh, that one, I think I was just, I was feeling like so overwhelmed by the relationship and like had such a crush and it just like start from the feeling, you know, like whatever it is you're feeling and like try to describe the feeling, like let this sort of like, right into like, you know, with poetry, it's like you want this sort of like angels to overtake you you want like the muse to overtake you so that it's almost like you're writing in like the secret language that like you don't even understand but that makes sense to you um and i feel like emotion is always a really good place to start whereas like i'd say a letter has more of like the qualities of prose where you're like telling someone something rather than like letting emotion just you know enrapture you if you were writing a poem you know just don't try to write kind of what you think a poet poem should be written like you know, just be be true to yeah. to yourself, be true to like whatever phrase it is or whatever kind of like, even if it's something kind of, you know, completely random that doesn't scan well, doesn't doesn't rhyme with anything. Maybe don't try to rhyme. That would be another one, right? I, but just I, try I to, love <laughs> actually. Try I love to, rhyming in poems. I, I'm very, I'm a huge fan of rhyming. I, well, don't worry about rhyming is yeah. what I'm saying. And, you know, just, yeah, just uh, It's more sincere. like describing a dream, I think, you know, like it's more like whatever imagery comes to you, just like, yeah, letting yourself get enwrapped by like feeling the emotions and then letting them come out. I'm taking notes. My, my Valentine's are going to be lit this year. Yeah. Remember when we had a, a poetry submission contest on the podcast? We did. Yeah. yeah. We, did. we didn't. It was, they were decent. We should do that again. There were no love poems. No, they were think, just poems about clothes. People are intimidated by love poems. I think. They are. Or they, 
there's a certain, it feels heavy. It feels hard. It feels a little like maybe you'd fall into cliche too easily, or there's something shameful about putting that, that down in that way, being vulnerable. But I think, I mean, Rachel and Nico just gave such good, that was like a love poem clinic. A whole workshop just happened right here on the podcast. So we've a master class. Yeah. Master class. I love love poems and I feel like people do fear them. And I feel like it's like in popular culture, we all sort of are like fear, like romance, you know, like, cause it's mm-hmm. so like sold to us as like, you know, a product that's like really corny and like no one wants their emotions manipulated, mm-hmm. you know, by something that's just like, you know, selling you shit. But yeah, like people get cynical. They don't want to be ripped off by love. Yeah, know? exactly. But I feel like we all like whenever you get a new poetry collection, everyone's looking for the love poem in it. Like everyone wants to feel that, you know, like, so I'm a huge fan of love poetry. Who would you guys say are like your favorite um, couples throughout history? Like, who do you look at as kind of the models for your relationship? Mm-hmm. So it's really funny because when I read Cherry, it's because I was really obsessed with this book, Astragal, um, by um, Albertine Sarazon. She was this uh, French writer in the 60s. I think the book was 1965, maybe. And the novel is autobiographical. It's about her escape from prison um, with this sexy criminal named Julian, based on her real life with her husband named Julian. Um, and like, she died really young. It was really tragic. She was only like 29 when she died. Um, and she and Julian were together, like they were both in prison, like in France at Amiens prison. And um, I mean, it was separated by gender, but like, I guess there were still ways like she writes about like talking into the toilets, like their mm-hmm. telephones. Um, so I guess like, you know, she met this guy and um, yeah. So the book's about like her escape from prison and like her relationship with him. And uh, at the time, she was famous during her lifetime. So you can see, like, uh, if you look up Albertine, Sarazon, and Julian, there's, like, photos of them at home, like, playing records and just being cute. And she was such a style icon. Like, she'd do, like, this giant cat liner and, like, mini skirts. Um, And so I I was obsessed with her. It was during my book club when I had my book club made infamous by Caitlin Phillips's story, which included uh, anecdotes. Um, so yeah, I was presenting on her and that's when Ben was like, oh, you should read this other author who wrote this book, Cherry. And I was like, yeah, of course I've heard of it. Everyone's talking about it. Um, it's also about this person who went to prison. So yeah, I mean, Albertine Sarazon and Julian Sarazon are like one of my faves. I don't know who else. I mean, we were talking about, was the one they did the couples colonic? <laughs> How did they beat us to that? I wanted to do the couple's colonic. Joaquin and uh, 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 Mara. Who's he dating? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Mara. One of the Maras. It's yeah, one like of the Maras. Kate. I think it's Kate. Mara. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Kanye and Cam. I, I really do stand Kanye and Cam. I hope they're divorced. Well, real. R.I.P. Yeah. I mean, Nico, when you were talking about your like first conversation with Rachel like your first FaceTime I thought of my favorite Kanye on Kim quote which is a dream girl deserves to live in a dream world which is very Rachel I think yeah no that's great yeah no I love that yeah no Kanye and Kim I love I love Kanye and Kim I hope I do too um 
Yeah, I mean, I guess because I'm always thinking of the, the literary references with me. And he's Nico. such a romantic. You see that what he says is romantic. Connie's very yeah. romantic. Yeah, I truly think so. The most romantic thing I've heard all day. Yeah, yeah. The Kenny G, like, remember when he had Kenny G play the saxophone? <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. And like yeah. the rose petals all over their house. I loved oh, that. I, I forgot that about that. Oh, that's sad. This year we're gonna miss like the the extravagant Kanye Valentine's Day gift to Kim which yeah. like you would normally see on mm. Instagram. I'm sure she'll get something nice from someone. Or like, I love when they got married too and he had Lana Del Rey perform because apparently it was like Kim's favorite song, Young and Beautiful. <laughs> I know, which is just like also so funny and like so touching, honestly. Um, Do you guys have a wedding song or like- We have like- Performer, do you have, have, do you have a music idea, concept? I mean, when we, when my friends and I were driving down to Mississippi, we kept trying to come up with wedding songs. Remember that night we did all the 80s music and we were just like, oh man, that's awful. I can't believe that happened. You're good. Um, yeah, we did all the okay, 80s movies. Well, one thing that we like to do that we've done since quarantine is like when we like hang out and we get drunk, we'll like play music by a theme. Like it'll be like all like songs from the best one was songs from the radio in the 90s and like oh nico was God. just on point with that like he was playing <laughs> songs and i'm like i have not heard this since the radio in the 90s um, yeah one night we was like all 80s songs and we were like what if people come to our wedding and it's just like all these really corny 80s songs and we just like go with it yeah It'd probably be fun people love to dance to that mm -hmm. yeah. we had a new metal uh experience all right. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. We were on a road trip, right? And like, it was, we'd been riding for a while. And we were on our way to, it was a long drive. We're on our way to Florida. For Christmas. And like, we needed to just kind of like pass the time the anyway. So we needed to make sure we didn't fall we, asleep. We ended up hitting, hitting up the, 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 the like the, the kind of like Papa Roach sort of corn. <laughs> like, if you're from the Midwest, like, as much as it isn't your cup of tea, like you're still nostalgic for it in some sense because that that, that plays out there. But you know, I discovered something. Um, this is sort of like a life hack that I figured out while we were on this road trip. And it just kind of occurred to me. And it's, you know, if you're, if you're riding in a car and you know, you gotta get somewhere fast and you're speeding or whatever, if you're doing something untoward in a car in traffic, right? Um, <laughs> what you wanna do is you want to have um the three doors down you want to have three three doors down just on deck in your in your car just like ready to go because if you get pulled over you know just put the three doors down on and really like crank it up right and like you know like what's it like love me when i'm gone song you know you oh my that? god i like, know it's gonna be kryptonite yeah but okay. or, or kryptonite you know <laughs> one of those either or and you know the cop he's gonna be coming up to the car and he's gonna be like you know, three doors down, you know, this is a, this is a fellow traveler, you know, <laughs> and, you know, he's going to say, you know, like, how are you, sir? And it's like, I was just checking to see if you're right, you know, go on. And you just say, thank you. You know, it's like, because anyway, I realized that. So you always want to keep three doors down just uh, on some sort of like, like uh, fast track, boom, one button, hit one button, three doors down comes on if you get pulled over. <laughs> guaranteed yeah. off the hook wow yeah. that's a great idea yeah that's genius yeah yeah 
But I have made a lot of playlists while Nico and I have been together too. Like, especially like when we had separations and stuff, like I, that was part, writing poems, making playlists. So I have so many playlists that have like so many different love songs, so many different genres. So we've got a lot to pull from. Before we let you guys go, what are, what are you guys working on now? What's, what can um, Corporate Lunch listeners expect to see next from Nico Walker and Rachel Rabbit White? Okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, putting the finishing touches on this second novel of mine as it's uh it's pretty close to being done the only problem is is i just like i i can't stop writing new stuff so i was supposed to turn the manuscript in about two weeks ago and then i just like wrote another 40 pages and i don't know why i did that but basically i'm writing about uh i mean it's about prison but it's not just about prison i suppose it's uh it's kind of using using prison prison as a sort of microcosm for you know the world at large and uh uh i don't know i hope it i hope it does well um, it's really good i mean it's in the third person so uh my first novel was in the first person so it's going to be a bit of uh departure uh from that sort of style of writing i guess um and, did you write much of that was that much of that written in prison or did you write it all since you came out uh wrote it all since it came out actually mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's good to have hindsight when you're yeah. when you think about things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. So hopefully, uh, I don't know, hopefully I'll get to manuscript in like this week, or next week, and then it takes about eight months to a year to launch a book. So sometime, uh, sometime in there, in that window, we should be seeing it, God willing. Yeah, I mean, he keeps writing, but like, then he shows me what he's writing. I'm like, just keep going. Like, it's so funny. He just like keeps creating new characters and new scenes. And I'm like, just keep writing, babe. Uh, but yeah, for me, I mean, I just had an extended version of my poetry collection, Porn Carnival, come out. So now it's Porn Carnival, the Paradise Edition. And that includes like a huge section of love poems um, that were written when I started going insane, uh, when Nico and I started dating. Um, but yeah, I never meant to write those love poems, except that I went insane and had to. I was trying to turn to prose, you know, and write a novel myself so Tom Holland could play me. <laughs> so now I'm back to writing prose. And so I'm working on something that's sort of like, uh, you know, a novel version of Porn Carnival, like the same themes um, and, you know, sort of all those characters that were in the poems now I get to like flesh out and so that's much more gossipy and sort of juicy and fun to write it that way this is perfect so you guys will go on a book tour together next year I would love that that would be good yeah yeah all right and then we'll have you back on the show then perfect yeah, yeah. and yeah hopefully we'll so. be married by then if not we will be getting married on the show I love the idea so. definitely exactly yeah we'll be ready yeah. we'll be ready all right thanks guys Rachel Happy Valentine's, Happy, Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Hell yeah. Happy Valentine's Day.